710, how we doing? Cool. It's good to see you guys. If I'm slow moving up here, it's because I threw out my back two days ago. And I could barely put on my shoes this morning, so, so pray for me. I'm sure there's an illustration there somehow I can use tonight. Um, anyways, it's good to see you guys. For those of you who are new to 710, uh, 710, uh, first and foremost, is a family uh, we believe that we are brothers and sisters, like we just sang, that we've been adopted into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, we're committed to three things as a community. One, uh, we're committed to following Jesus. Uh, we believe all of life is all for Jesus here at uh, Redemption. Uh, we're committed to serving one another. We believe that the way that we grow up into maturity and Christlikeness is through the way that we serve one another. And when each part does its part, uh, we actually look more like Jesus uh, as we kind of lay ourselves down for one another. And then last, uh, we are committed to living kingdom lives when we're sent out of this room. Uh, we believe that we are people that are, are blessed and that as the Father has sent Jesus to us, so Jesus is sending us out into the world as his representatives. And uh, I'm having so try to drown that out and I'll do my best to work through it. Um, so, hey, a couple announcements for you. Last week we had a praise and prayer night, and um, which means, which wasn't that awesome, by the way? Yeah. yeah, that was great. I thought it was a great way to start off the year, uh, which means that I didn't get to share, like, all the announcements that I get to share with you guys. So I have, like, four things that I got to run by you really quick. First of all, uh, I want to introduce the 710 leadership team uh, that works really hard to serve you and equip you as, kind of send you out as uh, representatives of Jesus. Uh, so first and foremost, let me start with uh, Kendrick, who's ducking in the back right there. Everybody say hi, Kendrick. So Kendrick's new to the team this year. Uh, say hello to Jade. Where's Jade Dillard? So that's Jade. Um, Elishaba, where's Elishaba at? Elishaba's right back there. If you want a good cocktail, invite, uh, invite her over for dinner, and she's uh, she will... They give you something great. Um, or just come early to 710 and uh, eat the food that she makes for us. Uh, lastly, we got Tyler Hudgens. Tyler is right there. Uh, yeah, Tyler's the one who's been carrying all these extra chairs in for all of you who uh, have been coming in late. So thank Tyler for that. Um, anyways, hey, I, the reason I point everything out is because I want you guys to know who you can come to. Uh, we are here for you. And uh, to help you in your relationship with Jesus. So that's the 710 team. Second announcement I got real quick is the retreat. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, here's the deal. I didn't say this last week. We can only take 100 people up this year. Um, and so there is a lot more people that are a part of the 710 family that are not here right now. So I just want to encourage you, if you want to be a part of that, please sign up uh, ASAP. Uh, in the back, uh, you can sign up on the laptops that we have there. But the dates are September 17th, 18th, and 19th. I checked the weather. Like, the high is going to be 75, and then it's going to like be like a low of 45. So it's going to be incredible. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Paul Artino, the lead pastor of this congregation, will be teaching us. Paul is an, is an incredible uh, man, an incredible pastor, and he really blesses us uh, by going up there with us. It's a great time. Uh, second... Or announcement, I should say, is that we got retreat merchandise, or merch. We got, uh, we got three different options for merch this year. We got two short sleeve shirts, uh, and so we got that, like, I don't know if that's, like, forest green, and then we got that gray. It's got the retreat logo on the back, and then the compass on the front. 
Uh, the short sleeve shirts are $18. Uh, and it's great material. Uh, Charles Fazio, who uh, serves in youth here, he designed them. They're really great. So you should check those out. The long sleeve shirts are uh, $20. So just a little bit more for the long sleeve to keep you a little bit warm at night. Great. You can access, uh, you can purchase that uh, in the back. Um, again, on the laptops, or you can go to our website, 710.org. Uh, order merch there. Here's the deal. Uh, if you want merch, you have to order it, like, soon, uh, because after the, first of all, we have to put, like, pre-orders in, so we're not going to order any extra than we need, um, and we won't be selling any after the retreat. We don't have any extra, so if you want some of that, buy it now. It's going to be great, um, and then the last few, I didn't get to announce this last week, but we're starting up re our redemption communities. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who are uh, new to 710, so a, a redemption community is 710 small group. That's the easiest way to put it. And uh, the way I talk about it is that's the environment where I said 710 is committed to serving one another. Uh, yeah, we serve one another in our redemption communities. Uh, those are the environments for uh, the one another's where Christ tells us how we are supposed to build each other up and serve one another as brothers in Christ. So sign up in the back. Tyler Hudgens. Uh, he is the one who will help place you into those communities. And actually, let me do this. If you're an RC leader, if you lead one of our small groups in the room, would you actually just stand up right now? Dan Moon has a torn Achilles, and he's still standing up. So, all right. So if you are interested in a community, go to the back laptop or check out one of those people who stood up and uh, get connected. It'll be great. Sound good? All right. All right, I got one last thing that I want to do uh, before we jump into um, the, the message in our new series tonight. So I want to actually invite uh, Jose Lopez up tonight. You guys welcome Jose. All right, so, uh, you know, you've, you've heard us been talking about this. 710 is family. And uh, I think sometimes when you get, like, a room this size and there's so many nude people, sometimes you got to introduce members of the family to, to the family. And uh, Josue is actually the lead, a lead pastor at Redemption West Mesa. And uh, as of last year, we kind of linked arms. Yes. And uh, we decided that, like, hey, like, let's just combine our young adults and be one family. The gospel is all, all about reconciling uh, cultures and people together to one family uh, under Christ. And uh, I felt like last year we got to start a really beautiful step as we kind of moved into that next season together. Uh, being this year, and so I wanted to introduce Josue to you. Josue, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Redemption West Mesa and what you guys are doing over there. Thank you. Thank you guys for uh, having me here tonight. Redemption West Mesa, and I need to start saying Redemption is one church and ten congregations. You hear this every Sunday for those who come here, and one of those ten churches, West Mesa, and we are like a five, ten minutes from here, it's not that far. But our community is a little bit different, so we have uh, bilingual services over there every Sunday. Because our church and our community needed bilingual services, so as uh, how we describe West Mesa. And so describe, like, you kind of had the, the burning desire starting to, like, increase in you to kind of have your young adults be part of the 710 family. Maybe explain where that desire came from and what you were thinking. Yeah, uh, first, we love the ministry here. We've been knowing this ministry for years and years, and the bless there is for our community here. So we decided to, because we're a small church, maybe 150 people going to our church, and our young adults, they're not that many. So we decided that you guys are going to adopt us. 
as part of your family. So, um, and last year was great. Last year was a, a blessing experience for, uh, for a young, young adult. So, yeah, we want to continue that relationship. Yeah. I think uh, I can say this for sure. I think West Mesa has been, and we've been, uh, I just feel like so much in just my relationship that I've built with Josue and young adults coming over from West Mesa. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. What do you think uh, we can learn from your culture and from the young adults coming over to uh, 710 here? Like, what, what do you bring to the table that? The only thing they bring is carne asada. That's <laughs> it. That is That's true. That's it. That's right there. That is true. It's right there. Also, don't ask him about uh, marinating. He'll no, get really offended. No, we hate that. We hate that. Yeah. You know, God makes us different. And it's just West Mesa, but we can learn from so different communities. And we talk about, we sing about the, our Father. And he has mercy for everybody. So what we bring into the table is a bunch of sinners that we want to be reconciling by for God. And we want to bring, uh, you know, to, to know that we're a little bit different in our cultures, maybe the way that we look or the way that we talk. But we are on the same God. And Jesus died for everybody. So we bring that to the table. Amen. All right, I got one last question, and I want this to kind of lead into our I next. Just see uh, what's up? What's up? Anyways, <laughs> um, how, how can we pray for Redemption West Mesa, and how can we pray for Redemption West Mesa Young Adults? I would say let's keep praying for unity. It's a big, big deal for us right now, and uh, just pray that when we're here, we're part of this family, make us feel family. We want to make you feel it's a family, too, so I would say unity is a big prayer for us. All right, sounds good. Guys, also, Josue is one of the best basketball players you will play with. He'll cross you up on the court. His looks are deceiving. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, here, let's do this. Uh, we want to be a family that's built on prayer. Uh, I said this last week, but uh, we have access to our Father together through the Holy Spirit. And uh, just take some time and uh, let's pray for Redemption West Mesa uh, with the people sitting next to you. And like, let's just pray for uh, family unity that the Spirit would uh, bring that in our midst. And then uh, after we spend some time praying, uh, we will get into tonight's series and message. Sound good? Heavenly Father, God, we come before you uh, as your children. And uh, God, we come with confidence because of uh, Jesus' death on the cross on our behalf. Jesus, we thank you that you have uh, purchased us. God, that we thank, we're so thankful that you've transferred us into your kingdom. And uh, God, that means we have a new identity as the people of God, and God, we've been brought close to you. We were once far from you and without hope and without God in the world. God, we read that last week, and God, now through the gospel, come near. And God, we just, we just start, and we just say thank you. God, thank you for, thank you for bringing us into your family. God, thank you for uh, giving us your Holy Spirit. Spirit, I pray that you would fill us tonight. I pray that you would draw us to the Father. And I pray that you would cause us to love Jesus. And I pray that you would um, give us a desire and a will to love one another. Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to us. We love you. Thank you for um, Josue and the work he's doing at West Mesa. God, thank you for the West Mesa young adults that you brought to this family. Um, Lord, I pray that this would just be a welcoming uh, environment, God. It's good to be here with you guys tonight. I was, uh, I was thinking when we were uh, singing that there's something really powerful when the people of God come together. And, uh, and sing to Jesus. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so we're starting a new series uh, called Family. 
And so what we're going to kind of do this year is, uh, so I kind of say 710 has that mission statement that we're a family, we're committed to following Jesus, committing to serving one another in kingdom living for the good of our city. And we're going to kind of like preach through uh, our mission statement and to really like kind of get a grasp of who we are as a 710 family. And so first and foremost, we are a family. And uh, we want to start a series uh, where we just kind of actually talk about what actually means. I had a conversation with somebody in my small group probably a couple weeks ago, and they, a- and they asked me, um, it's like, what do you want this thing to be? Like, what do you want it to be? Like, there's so many different things it could be, like, but what do you want it to be? And I, I kind of sat there for a second, and I was just like, I really just want God's vision for the people of God to be, like, a small expression of what we see in my, my community. And I really think that's, like, my desire for this series and my desire for this ministry is, like, when, we, when you actually catch God's vision of what the family of God is supposed to be and everybody gets on the same page, something really beautiful happens. Like, have you guys ever been a part of something where, like, not everybody's on the same page and you're, like, trying to move a direction and you just, like, can't actually make any steps forward because, like, everybody has a different opinion about what it should be? Or it's just, like, it's frustrating, and it's even paralyzing at times, isn't it? Like, that's how I feel with my lower back right now. It's, like, just because my, my lower back won't work, I can't, do any, I can't do anything that I'm supposed to do, which is great because that means Kendrick and the crew gets to do all the work for me. <coughs> um, but, like, that's really, like, the one, like, if there's one question that I want to answer tonight is, what is the family of God? What is the church? Like, what are we actually before God? Not what do I think, what does Corey think, not what does so-and-so think, but, like, what does God want us to be and why? Does that sound good? Okay, so to answer that question, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to look at three specific questions. One, uh, what is God's vision for the family of God? Uh, makes sense. So we're going to look from, from the word of God, from the story of the Bible, what is the family of God? Two, um, what did that actually look like on the ground in Jesus and Paul's day? So, like, God's vision is a great vision, but, like, how did that actually look practically? Like, in the early church, uh, when Jesus was kind of called disciples to follow him, when Paul was forming early church communities, like, what did, that, what did the vision actually look like? And then third, what does that, that, what does that mean for us today as followers of Jesus in Gilbert, Arizona, as young adults? What can we learn from, from the Bible? What can we learn from history? And then what does that kind of say to us today? So first, what is God's vision for the family of God? First, uh, it starts with our adoptions. We said that we actually read this last week, but Ephesians 1, uh, verses 3 through 5 says this. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul just starts off praying, and he's praising God, and he says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So Paul is saying, like, because you're united with Christ, all blessing that could be poured out on you is ours in Jesus. Verse 4, even before he made the world, what a statement. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy. That means to be set apart for a particular purpose and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, and this is the one I want us to really lean in on. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. Notice it said this is what he wanted, not had to do. And it gave him great pleasure. 
It's a beautiful passage, isn't it? So right off the bat, the Apostle Paul says, listen, before the foundation of the world, before things were even created, God was on a rescue mission. God had decided in advance through his son, Jesus Christ, to bring about a salvation in the world. And he decided in advance to choose a people to be kind of pulled out of the world, that they would be, that they would pull, be pulled out of the world and counter Jesus. And through faith in Jesus, through giving our full selves to Jesus, we've been brought into a new family. A complete new family. And, th- and this family doesn't exist for the sake of itself. There's a purpose for God's family. The purpose of this family is to be God's future people in the present world. So when God adopts people into his family, he's saying, you're my future people. And in this future world that I will make all things new, I'm calling you to be that future people in the here and now in front of the world. And so when you give yourself to Jesus in faith, you become a member with other brothers and sisters within this family. And then once you become part of this family, it's all about learning to live into that future reality in the here and now. Does that make sense? See, if you're new to faith, if you're new to Jesus, if you're not even a Jesus person at all, the story of the Bible from beginning to end is God's mission to renew all things under Jesus Christ as Lord. So this world was created by God, it was created for God, humanity rebelled against God, and so God, through Jesus, is reconciling all things to himself, and he's renewing all things. Ephesians 1, uh, chapter 10 says this, this is just like five verses after the Apostle Paul says that we've been adopted into the family of God. He says this, and this is the plan, meaning this is what God's all about. At the right time, he will bring everything. I love that. Not just some things, everything. At the right time, he will bring about everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. Can you imagine that reality when that actually takes place? Like there's actually going to be a day when God renews all things and brings everything together in perfect harmony and perfect unity under Jesus Christ as Lord. But what the Bible teaches is that before, the, before God sets the world right, he sets a people right with himself. Like before he puts the world to rights, he puts a community right with himself to be a future taste of what that world will actually be like. That's what the family of God is. Some of you have probably been wondering why I have a pink spoon on my shirt. I've actually been really like wanting this to be a conversation starter in public, and it's just not working. People are just like, he just got a pink spoon on his shirt. Um, uh, the, this, so this pink spoon is actually a, a representative thing. Like I think Brian Berger made it for you. It was really cheesy, and I was like, I'll wear it. That sounds good. It fits my sermon tonight. And uh, so a pink spoon, when you go to Baskin-Robbins, you, Josh is like, I've heard this illustration before. When you, when you go to, ba- to Baskin-Robbins, uh, you got all the ice cream behind the counter, right, behind that glass. And what they do is if you want a sample of what's to come, they give you a pink spoon, and they uh, – they, they, they dip it in that mint chocolate chip ice cream. They hand it over the counter. And then you just get this beautiful taste of what's to come. You get this beautiful sample of what's to come. And so when the Bible says that you, when you've been adopted into the family of God, what God is saying, our purpose, our purpose is to be the sample of this beautiful renewed future when everything is renewed under Jesus Christ as our Lord. So from beginning to end, the Bible, first and foremost, is a story. It's a story of a renewed people. This is who we are. We're a renewed people called to live a renewed life 
as we wait for a renewed world. That's the story of the Bible. We are a renewed people called to live a renewed life as we wait for a renewed world to the glory of Jesus. We're supposed to be a people that are attractive, that are actually unique from the world. We're supposed to be like a type of people that actually like turns heads, like the way that we love one another because of the love that we've received from God. We're supposed to like, whatever that fosters in the community, a community that's led by the Spirit, it's supposed to show the world what life is supposed to be like. If you look at our world right now, if you look at our culture right now, nobody could get along. Nobody can get along. But through the gospel, God has renewed a people and he's given the spirit to lead us into a unity that we couldn't get ourselves. He's putting things back together and we're that future taste to the world. Make sense? So that's God's big vision for the family of God. Um, what, that's all, that's a, like, that's a great idea. Like that's a really cool, that's a really cool thing. But like what did that actually look like like when Jesus was around? Like, what did that actually look like, Paul, one of the first missionaries, when he started planning Jesus communities? Like, what did that actually look like? See, because God's vision of a renewed people living a renewed life together, waiting for a renewed world, was a great idea until they realized who they would have to do it with. Have you guys ever uh, had, like, a friend group or something where, uh, like, you're like, hey, you want to come do this thing with me? And then some, some people are like, well, who's going? Everybody's like, oh. Isn't that the worst one it's done to you? You're like, I'm clearly not cool enough, you know? But we all have that experience. Like, like the, the, the idea of something, like, sounds really fun, but when you look at, like, who you're going to do it with, you're no longer interested anymore. <laughs> See, that's exactly what Jesus started to do. See, when Jesus gathered his first community, he, ga- he gathered 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel And he purposely picked people that would not want to be around each other to be in the same community. He picked Matthew, the tax collector. So a tax collector, he was a Jewish, a Jewish young man. Have you guys seen The Chosen? Who's seen The Chosen in here? I feel bad for how they portrayed Matthew in The Chosen. But they're just so mean to him. Anyways, you got Matthew, the tax collector, uh, who pretty much sided with the Romans uh, and kind of like exploited his own people for his own good. And then Jesus picks Simon the Zealot, who literally, like, he is, like, Simon the Zealot would have been somebody who is so passionate that the kingdom of God come, that the only way that that could happen was through political, like, force and violence. And so he takes Matthew the tax collector, Simon the Zealot, Zealots killed tax collectors, and then Matthew shows up to the first table, with Jesus, as he calls him to follow him, and then he sees Simon there, and he goes, oh man, following Jesus sounded great, but I have to do it with him, right? Like, literally, like, like, Matthew and Simon were political enemies, like, the only illustration that I, like, could picture, like, actually, like, making sense, it's like if, if God called Joe Biden to come follow, like, come follow me, and, like, he's, like, waddling, you know, because he's old, and he, like, comes to the first like table and then all of a sudden Trump is there and they see each other like oh my gosh do you guys get what I'm saying the apostle Paul it's not done there he brings together Jew he bring he brings together Jews and Gentiles under Jesus and his house churches and we read that as like oh that's cool Jews and Gentiles eating together 
But guys, this would have been a cultural clash. This would have been a conviction clash. Like they just had a completely different lifestyles and it would have been a lifestyle clash. It was interesting, I was reading a book um, recently and it said there's a British scholar and uh, he kind of like did uh, a study of like what the early churches would have looked like, like the demographic of the people that came who decided to follow Jesus together in the Roman world. And he said, most likely uh, Paul's first churches, like so when you read the book of like Colossians, if you read the book of like, you know, First Thessalonians or whatever, uh, most of those churches, not all, but most of those churches would have been about 30 people. So really small community. And now just listen to who would have made up those communities. Uh, I'm just going to read through this. So one, a craft worker in whose house they met along with his wife, children, a couple of male slaves, a female domestic slave, and a dependent relative. Right? So it's already getting interesting. Then there would be some landowners with families and slaves and dependents also living in the same home in rented rooms. Uh, some family members of a householder who himself did not participate in the house church, but his family members did. There would be a couple of slaves whose owners did not attend the church gathering. There would be a couple of homeless people, a couple migrant workers renting small rooms in the home, a few Jewish folk, and perhaps um, an enslaved too. So Jesus encounters you personally, and then you come to your first gathering, and this is the community that's there. Do you think they all agreed? No way. Do you think they were different from one another? Absolutely. Do you think life was hard together? Well, of course. But when Paul, when he understood what Jesus was intentionally and in trying to do, bringing together from, pe bringing people together from different backgrounds, different cultures, people that didn't like each other, people that were indifferent to one another, completely different places in society. And he writes this to a church community just like that. In Galatians 3, 26 through 28, he says this. He goes, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. In other words, you are all family. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. It means ethnic difference. Neither slave nor free. That's socioeconomic class. Nor is there male and female gender. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now listen, Paul's not saying that you're not different. But he says, hey, when you came to Christ in faith, formerly you were scattered, you were separated, and you were ranked in society by those distinctions. But now through faith and following Jesus as your savior and as your king, you are united together as equals in the family of God. And this, this wasn't just like a theoretical thing. Like, oh, you're like all equal now. And it's all great. Like actually like their lived practice life, like all these people that in society were not equal. But in the family of God, equals was beautiful a unity and it was a bond of people coming together because of something truly beautiful. Now here's the question. Why? Like why? Like why not just bring people who liked each other? Why not bring people who were similar? Like why did, why did Jesus do that? Why did he choose Matthew and why did he choose Simon? Why didn't Paul do a Jewish church over here for those that got along and then a Gentile church? Like why did he just throw them all together. 
Because here's the thing. If the church communities were people of sames, similars, and identicals, the church would, would then just reflect the world back to itself. Like, if these communities that were made up weren't diversified, if they weren't different people from different backgrounds coming together, then the, world, the church would just reflect the world back to itself. I love Scott McKnight. Uh, he's a Christian author. He wrote this. He goes, the church is God's world-changing social experiment of bringing unlikes and differences to the table to share life with one another as a new kind of family. I love that. When this happens, we show the world what love, justice, peace, reconciliation, and life together are designed by God to be. The church, this is probably my favorite sentence, is God's show and tell for the world to see how God wants us to live as a family. Here's the point. Jesus was and still is today all about intentional mixing and diversity at his table because it shows the world God's design for life together. See, when I was in college, um, and m- many of you might find yourself in a similar place, uh, I kind of like, I kind of asked the question to Alicia about earlier, the, uh, I think earlier this week or last week, I kind of had the thought like, if you could like customize your own church, like what would it look like? And functionally, we do that. Like, we go to a church, but we kind of customize the people that we actually want to be around in that church. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people that we're really going to, like, live with and walk with. I remember when I was in college, it was, like, me, Connor McKenzie, uh, who is the worship leader for Gilbert here, and uh, my buddy Jacob Owings, and my roommate Nick Fisher. And all of us came together, and we wanted to follow Jesus together. So we're like, all right, like, we're not, we're not going to get involved in kind of small groups at our local church. We're just going to kind of create our own personal group because we all like each other we all agree with each other so we can all sit down and just reaffirm everything that we already think and it'll be easy it'll be great and here's the thing it was great (laughs) it was it was great we loved it we had a lot of fun um god grew me and transformed my life my freshman year of college but there came a point when we realized i don't think i don't think this is what jesus imagined Like, I don't think Jesus imagined, like, walking life with people that you just want to be around and that you like to be around. And if they love Jesus, that's great. So what does this mean for the church today? What does this mean for us today as 710? Practically, let's just get real practical. We need to get used to the church being a plate of nachos. (laughs) I got one laugh. It wasn't actually supposed to be funny. But if you come over to my wife's house... And mine, just to share it. <laughs> if, you, if you come over to our house, uh, it's a 90% chance we're going to feed you nachos because I don't know how to cook very well. My wife's vegetarian, so like it just gets real complicated. So we're like, nachos. We can separate everything and whatever. People can kind of do their own thing. Um, but here's the thing. When you build a nacho plate, uh, you got a bunch of different ingredients that all look different and taste different, right? And when you put all those ingredients together, it makes some a one big, beautiful nacho flavor that is tastes so good and it's delicious and it's just super great see the 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 people of god like as silly as is we actually are like a big plate of nachos at least that's what we're intended to be we're supposed to be a mixed plate of different ingredients and flavors uh that gives one taste to the world of something really good and want something really beautiful and so when we kind of come into the church one of the things that we should see 
one of the things that we should pursue is all sorts of different ingredients actually coming together. And there's different ways that you can eat nachos. There's like the American way, which is kind of like, let's just put nacho sauce over everything so the only thing that you taste is like the actual nacho sauce. Or you can eat it the weird way, which is like, I'm just going to pull out everything and separate it and kind of like consume it that way. And that's kind of what we do. We kind of give like one flavor over everything or we kind of separate everything so like the sames are with each other and the identicals are with each other. But God intended us for all to be together and to be mixed because then only th- then and only then can we actually produce something beautiful. So when we look at the church, when Jesus, Jesus is reaching all sorts of different types of people, is he not? And so we should see all sorts of different types of people in our community. We should see different races in our community. We should see different cultures. We should see the rich in our community. We should see the poor in our community. We should see the educated, and we should see the uneducated. We should see mixed ages. We should see older. We should see younger. We should see the sick. We should see the healthy. We should see extroverts, and we should see introverts. We should see those with struggling with mental illnesses. We should see those who are struggling with same-sex attraction, trying to follow Jesus in that. We should see those who are struggling and doubting faith in our community. We should see inner city in our community. We should see suburban people in our community. We should see odd people, and we should see really cool people, however you define that. We should see people with addictions, people who are depressed, people who are anxious, people who are super chill and just kind of quote-unquote seem to have it all together. We should see the politically left. We should see the politically right. We should see the dysfunctional, and we should see the functional. Because Jesus is pursuing every single one of those types of people. And his invitation in the gospel is for everybody. And Jesus has brought all sorts of different types of people into his family And so that should be represented in his family. Does that make sense? All right. I got two questions. How does this image of, like, what God has done, bringing all sorts of different people to his table, like, okay, let's get real practical. How does this confront us as the people of God today? And maybe even us as the family of 710? And then how does that encourage us? And then I have one kind of live it out uh, challenge for us this week. Um, But let's kind of talk about those things. One, how does this confront us? I honestly think if we're just going to be uh, like uh, give ourselves a sober judgment that we have normalized a in a life with the same similarities and identicals that would have been odd to Jesus and Paul. I just really do. I think we have normalized a culture where people come together. It's kind of one of the, I was thinking about it this way. It's like we, you know, we find ourselves in a community and then we just kind of like naturally, I don't think it's even on purpose all the time, but we just kind of all shift kind of all shift until we find the same similars and identicals and then we plant and put roots down there. And we mask it in all sorts of different ways. We, you know, I honestly, as a, a pastor, I hear it this way, like, you know, I showed up to my group and it's just not a good fit, you know. Uh, in other words, just like these people are way different than me. It's just not a good fit for me. Um, I, I hear it kind of like I don't click with them. I'm, look, I'm looking for like-minded people. And instead of living into what God has called us to be, we've actually cu- cut up God's family into different groups that all look the same and make church life more comfortable and quote-unquote fun. And here's the thing. 
that's not a point the finger thing. That's in me too. Like, just be honest. It's a lot easier to do church and to follow Jesus with people that I like. It just is. It's easier. Um, it's, it's, it's really easy to want the big, fun church experience, but not to do the slow life on life people, like the slow life on life with people who are different from us. Right? And I think what the challenge like to us from Jesus and the challenge to us from the scriptures is that, yes, that's easier, but it's not as beautiful. Yes, it's easier, but it's not as beautiful. One of the, like, honestly, like, I, I love, um, oh, man, I miss him. I miss Graham Butler like crazy. And he was the former pastor of this ministry. And um, Shannon's a lot different than me. Uh, some of that's obvious. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, but Shannon, if Shannon wasn't in my life, I, I wouldn't have been transformed in some of the ways that I am to this day. Like, I love that because he was in my life, my eyes were open to things that I didn't see before. I love that when I, I kind of partnered with him in ministry, that, like, I saw a way that he did ministry that kind of highlighted my weaknesses. And there's a way, a gifting that I had that highlighted his. And as we kind of partnered together, like, we actually sharpened one another. And at times, it was really hard. Elishba can say, like, we got into tussles all the time in our little office. But seriously, I love, and I love that my leadership team with me is, is, is diverse. I love that we all come from different backgrounds. But we're all together because of Jesus. And because we're together and when we pray for one another, they pray for things that I don't think about. I pray for things that they don't think about. They're able to point out blind spots in me that I don't even see and vice versa. And we together are able to move forward and actually give the world a picture of something that it's really lacking right now. And here's the thing. I think this is encouraging us because it shows that there's a better way forward together. That it's messier that it's harder, but it's better and it's more fulfilling and it's more winsome to our city. See, honestly, 710, I think is, as a 710 family, like my biggest prayer is like that this word family would not just become a, like a thing that we say that we are, but I pray that it would actually be something that's experienced in our community. And I think when we pursue life together with people that are different from us, you'll actually find what you were looking for in church all the time, but just hand. I don't think it's a coincidence that our, our, like, our best by far worship night for the 710 family last year was our bilingual service at West Mesa. It was beautiful. Coming together, singing to one Lord in different languages, united by one spirit, it is truly beautiful. That's why I love being a part of 710. That's why I love being a part of this family. And I hope that that stirs something in you uh, to step towards that as well. All right. Here's, uh, here's what I want to do uh, just for the last couple minutes. I want to give you a live it out challenge. Every single time I teach this year, uh, I want to give you a live it out challenge because James says that we're supposed to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Um, and 
like, as we kind of pursue life together with people that are different from us, here's my challenge for each and every one of you in this room. If you call yourself a part of the family of 710, I really want you to take this seriously and try it out. And if you're not a part of this family, welcome to the table. Um, and maybe even try this at your own church family. Here's what I would do. I want you to invite someone who's different from you, uh, somebody who is not like you, over for dinner or out to coffee, and I want you to share how both of you came to know Jesus. That's assuming both of you are Christians. But I want you to find somebody in this family, maybe they're in your small group and you never talked to them, or maybe they're actually in this room now. I want you to find somebody who is different from you, who is not like you, quote unquote, one of your people, however you define that. And I want you to sit down at the table together and I want you to share how Jesus captured your heart. I see Matthew the tax collector and I see Simon the zealot. Initially, but when they both sat down going like, well, how did he, how did it happen for you? Matthew's like, I was sitting at my booth and he approached and he transformed me and I was hopeless or whatever he was going through. And then Simon, different hopes, different struggles, but Jesus personally encountering him. And I think when you can share those stories, it causes us to take steps closer to one another, and it's truly beautiful. Amen? So here's what we're going to do the rest of the series, and I'll, I'll pray it out. Uh, this is, like, kind of big picture. I know it was kind of big picture, but, like, what is the family of God? This is what we're doing, God's vision. And then the next three weeks, we're going to look at what does life in the family actually look like? Like, how do you actually, like, if we're called to be uh, a renewed people, to live a renewed life together as we await a renewed world, how does that actually happen? Like, like what does it take within our family to actually make that happen? Make sense? So we'll talk about love. We'll talk about, uh, like, a culture of grace, and we'll talk about kind of perseverance and steadfastness. Sound good? Do you guys want this? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, uh, we love you. And, uh, God, I'm thankful for... Uh, my brothers and sisters, God, that you've adopted uh, into the family of God with me. Um, Jesus, uh, Lord, I even think about the diversity in the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, God, all one, God, but different. And Lord, how when we, um, God, when we love one another across cultural lines, when we love one another across just our own lines that we make, God, there is uh, there is an imitation that we have, God, of you. God, be a picture world of something truly beautiful. God, we want, and what that is, Lord, we want to be a picture of the kingdom of God. Um, you will usher in a new future, a renewed life, God, with all sorts of different people walking together, praising you. And God, we want to be a taste of that, a sample of that in the present to our world. God, as we await for that day to happen. Jesus, we can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, help us to love one another. God, help us to honor one another. And God, help us to learn each other's stories, especially those who are different. And God, I pray that you would just do something really unique and really special in this community and in this family. Jesus, we love you about you. Thank you for, uh, God, canceling our debt. God, thank you for bringing us close to yourself. Jesus, you are our satisfaction, and you are our Lord. We love you. We worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.